Hello and welcome to Bible Marathon. We're all about learning how to read the Bible, about spiritual gifts and giving proper defense and explanation for what we believe as Christians. The goal is to progress with joy in the faith and without further ado, let's get into the word. All right, so we're going to start, all right, um, and we're just going to jump straight into it. We're talking about Dear Church. The theme is Dear Church. It's like letters written by church members to their church. And you know, we don't have a collection of letters written by members, but what we do have is insight into the fact that Many people are going through what is called church hurt. And so what we want to do this month, um, for the most part, what we want to do this month is to help navigate those questions, those realities, those situations from the angle of God's word and see what God actually has to say. And as much as possible, today is like setting the foundation. So let's Let's have a conversation around this subject of church hurt. So what are we going to be doing for the rest of the month? We're going to discuss everything that has to do with church relationships, um, how God wants us to navigate them, what the word of God has to say about some of them. You'll be so amazed at some things that the, the Bible actually talks about. Um. And uh, we're being greeted right now by a replica. I said, greetings, brethren, sis. That's to take care of the sisters as well. I guess that's, <laughs> that's why I wrote it that way. So let me just start this way. By maybe with a show of hands, have you experienced church hurt? Just any signal, maybe raising up, raise up your hand or something like that. And what I'll do is I'll define church hurt and then I'll ask the question again and we'll see if we have a different count. So right now, if you can raise your hand, if you've experienced church hurt or anything similar to church hurt, that is not the very first time you're hearing this phrase. Okay, Vicky, hand is up. Dara's hand is up as well. Okay, so this is a very nice crowd. Only only two people. I have, by the way, maybe I'll get to share the story. Um, and maybe when I define it now, many of us will have our, our hands up. But why is this a conversation we need to have? Let me start with that. The church is made up of people. Okay, goodness is raising a hand too. The church is made up of people. And these people are, let me put it this way, and you understand where I'm going. Wretched sinners that God saved, that got saved by a righteous and kind God. You have to understand that that's where we all started from. And even though we have salvation, we are all in different stages of sanctification. And so what happens is you come to church and you meet a lot of people at different stages of their walk with God, either in or out of the faith, or people who are just, you know, let me say, sincerely 
they're sincere, but they are dangerous. And so we see all these kinds of people. And guess what? We're supposed to worship together, fellowship together, and meet together in a specific place. And so that already poses a big problem, right? It brings a challenge. The fact that I have to deal with these people who are sinful. Are they washed by the blood? Absolutely. Are they saved? Yes. But they still, for the most part, many times have to do a lot of work growing out of pride, envy, strife. These are things the apostles really wrote about to tell the church to avoid. Now, an apostle will not write these things to a church if it wasn't present. Does that make sense? So when he says, don't put away from you malice and all of those scriptures, it means there was malice in the church. And so you have to realize that whatever we're discussing today is not a new thing. It's, it's church old, as old as the beginning of the church, that the apostles themselves sought the need to address them. So let's start with some definitions. All right. So let's start with some definitions. What is church hurt? And if you can turn on your videos, that'd be cool. I mean, you don't have to, but um, when we get to talk and when I start asking some questions, um, if you're able to share a story or anything like that, if you can turn your video on, it'll be nice. If you can't, it's okay, but just make sure you, you engage as much as you can. So let me define church hurt. And this definition is just, you know, it's it's consolidating so many things. All right, so let's let's define it. So church hurt is a term that is used to describe emotional or physical pain uh, that results from the actions or decisions of someone in a church. I'll say it again. So it is emotional or physical pain that results from the actions, sometimes even the inactions or decisions of someone in a local church. And so some of them, by the way, we can start to list them as they come to your mind. I can give you a few of these um, actions or decisions that lead to church hurt. So, for example, there is the most common, which is abuse of power. So you have someone, we'll talk about each of them, one after the other, and just maybe expound on them. But it's good to have this definition and this understanding. I wish we had more people here because a lot of people need to hear these things. Um, the first thing would be abuse of power. So people get privileges or opportunities and they misuse that privilege or opportunity they're given, right? They abuse the power. Um, so what that things that, you know, cause church hurt would be hurtful words. Man, how many people have said some things that the moment you heard it, you said, e I'm not going back to that church again. How many of you have experienced something like that? Maybe somebody just said something. And maybe you still go to the church, but you don't. your relationship with that person is, cannot be the same again because they said something hurtful to you, right? So that's that's one experience of church hurt. Um, how about gossip? You just start to hear your story from somebody. You're like, ah-ah, how? I thought I told this person to keep it a secret. And then the person passes that information to another person. And guess what they told that person? Don't tell anyone. The person says, ah, me? I can't tell anybody. Uh -uh. You can't trust me. The next thing, they're talking to somebody and say, ah, I'm not supposed to tell you this, so, but 
I don't know. I won't tell you. They say, please tell me. Tell me. Say, okay. They told me I should not tell anybody. So please keep it a secret. They say, don't worry. I'll keep it a secret. So guess what happens? Your story, your gist, whether true or untrue, cannot be verified anymore. But now everybody is talking about it everywhere. And everybody is keeping it a secret. And now a secret that is, <laughs> that everyone knows, is it really a secret? It's no longer a secret. Not a secret anymore. So, um, that's 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 one of that thing. So hurtful words, gossip. What what about neglect? So, you know, that's that's one of those things that is inactions rather than actions. You're just neglected. You just there's there's nothing, right? Like you don't have the. The, the sense of love and community. So you go to a church. Many times people that just join a church for the first time, you're thinking you'll make friends and then you realize, oh, they have cliques and I'm the, I'm the odd one out. So I don't have any room here. And that thing can be very painful. It can be really, really painful. You know, you just feel like nobody cares about me. Nobody called me. You know, um, what else? I can give you a few more and then I'll just listen to some of the things that you guys have to contribute. So what about backstabbing? Backstabbing is worse than like gossip is in your know, own category. Backstabbing is betrayal. Like you trusted this person, they went behind your back, did something. I've heard so many stories eh, in church. If we go on this, this series can go for three months. I've heard so many stories that I'm just like, geez, you know. One of the stories, backstabbing. Very funny story. I'll mention the church. But somebody in the church, picture this scenario. I'll try to keep it. Then You'll not be able to figure out. I'm trying to say it in a way that nobody will be able to figure out. So there was someone in church, a guy and a lady. They were getting very close. Now, this lady has a friend. And she was telling the lady about this guy, you know, sharing all the different things that they went, you know, like, oh, he's cool. He's very nice. He loves God. So she was sharing this with this, her friend. And the friend was like giving her advice, you know, like, okay, you know, once in a while, check up on him, call him, all of that, you know. And then sometimes when things are, when it was getting more serious, she was asking this other girl for advice. The girl was giving advice only for this this girl to find out that this her friend that she trusted was also hitting on the guy. And what she was actually doing was speaking evil of her. So exposing, because she was a friend. So she was exposing everything that she knew about her to this guy. So this guy started acting weird to her. And she was like, why? What have I done? And then the guy was open that, oh, that your friend told me this, this, this. And then that's how it exposed the whole thing that this girl actually liked the guy. And she didn't like that her friend was, in, you know, getting close to the guy. So she just, that's backstabbing, my friends. That is like, that's evil. And you know what's interesting? This is not odd. Like you see this a lot in the church, which is like, it's, it's common. Especially when you have a church of young people, right? It's, it's one of those things where like you just allow the flesh to rule. You, you, you're not sober-minded. You don't even want to, you know, you just allow the flesh to take charge. So I've talked about church hurts. I mentioned a few things. I want to hear some things from you guys. I mentioned 
church hurt is used to describe emotional and physical pain that results from actions, right? From actions or decisions or even inactions of someone in a church. And I just mentioned for those who just joined, some of the things that cause that can cause church hurt, abuse of power, um, hurtful words said by people, gossip, neglect, um, backstabbing, which would also be like unfaithfulness. I trusted you, lack of loyalty, people who you trusted. A lot of pastors experience this. You think it's the church members alone? Ah. So pastors will give you their trust, their everything, and then that person will say, you know, basically, I've seen this a lot. How many of you have heard stories of, you know, a pastor training someone and the person becomes really, really good and the person decides to leave the church. And instead of just leaving the church to go and start his own ministry, he will take half of that church, that congregation, to his own location and cause division in the church. There are things that happen, man. So Victoria's hand is up. I, I want you guys to contribute. What are the things that we think cause church hurt? And maybe if you have a story to explain, that would be nice as well. Okay, Vicky, go first and then Simi will come uh, after. Okay. Um, thank you. So I I wanted to ask a question or kind of like clarify something first. So like based on the definition that you gave and some of the even examples that you gave, I began to like just think about it again, right? And I realized that now, most of these things, I've experienced them in church growing up. I mean, maybe because I grew up in church, I grew up around church, and I've seen people do all these things. So, but I never really took it as church hurt. I just saw it as these are people, like these are people just be. I never really tied it to to the faith or to the person of God. So, do you still count that as church hurt or is separate? That's a different scenario. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I'm looping everything into this because everyone has a different experience. So, for example, you might say, oh, this is just a normal, natural life, right? That people, like, you know how you, many of you didn't raise your hand because you didn't feel this applied to you until you're like, oh, oh, wow, I've really been hurt. And I didn't know that this is in that category. And so, if you had that experience where, oh, these are just human beings, they will fail at some point, I don't mind, I'll forgive them, I'll move on, you will see this as church hurt. But guess what? There's someone else in that church that doesn't know as much as you know, that is not as forgiving as you are, as you are. or maybe they didn't even consider it as something big because they grew up in the house where, shut up, be, be, hey, you know, so when they get to the church, like they're expecting that kind of treatment, even though it's, it's abuse in a sense. Mm. But they are already this this you know what what's the word desensitized. Thank you. They're desensitized from it. So it's still hurtful. And so I'll put it as a full category and say, church hurt is all these things and more. And we just need to rec- recognize that it's not the idea of God. We'll get to that point. All right. But I hope that that clarifies my. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So example now, Abi. Yeah, yeah, give an example of something you've experienced. Yeah, okay, so two events like really stand out. So the first one was when I was younger, right? I think I was I think I was 10, 11 ish. So there was this guy in church that was trying to hit on me. And for real, like I wasn't 
it was so and then i didn't have a phone so it was writing letters right so kind of like we're exchanging letters and somehow somehow my mom got to know about it because the person that was supposed to be the sender which is my younger brother then went to give me letter in front of my mother <laughs> so my mom got to know about it and she was asking me questions and i was trying to be honest that okay i wasn't the one that started this thing it was the one that started it Mm. And I honestly was expecting him to like just come clean and say, okay, I was the one that started it and everything, you know, that and there's nothing going on, no. Like we're not dating anytime. And truly, we're not dating or anything. We're just writing, ah. and this guy denied it. I don't know, maybe it's he and his mom that did the collaboration or anything, but they denied wow. it outright. His mom was embarrassing my mom in church that me that because my mom was a children's um teacher. That is that what they're teaching children in church. She actually talked, talk, talk, talk. It was so bad that she left the church with her children. As only mm-hmm. her husband that said, I was I was like, wait, like I was not doing me like wait first. You were the one that started this, you know, it's not me. Hmm. Like, why would you, you get, like, why did you, why did you lie like that? Like, why would you go and lie? As in, all those kind of things. Then the second one was um my last church that I attended. So this one hit deep because, um so the pastor made some mistakes, right? And it, that was not even what pained me. The hmm. pain, the, what pained me was the way the members reacted to it. Hmm. It was really bad because, yeah, he made some mistakes. He owned it. He owned his mistakes, everything. But then, like, people now said, I don't know, from one narration to the other. Like, it was so, it would, it really hurt me because we were supposed to be, like, a family. You know, when you, I've never been, before then, I've never been to a church where people really cared for each other and really, Mm -hmm. like, they really cared for each other. There was that love in church. Like, I really felt, even till now, I still know a lot of people that are still pained from that incident. Like those, um, some of some of uh, my old church members come to see. I one girl came to me, she was like, "Ah, oh, Victoria, I know it's been like three years old, but I still can't get over it. Like, I, she cannot fully blend into CCI now because of that, right? So, like, you know, a church that used to be together before. So, some people, a new branch in Abuja opened up, right? Mm-hmm. And the people in Abuja now became they're not they're not like separate. They were saying one thing, they were saying another thing, and the people in Lagos were saying another thing. Like you could not even tell which one who is saying the truth or who is not saying the truth. I'm like, if you are what if you are one before, should we believe the same thing? For why is everybody now doing as if the other person is their enemy? Do you get it? Really pains me. It was really, really yeah. hurtful. So. And I remember this story very well. Like, yeah. So so I think what you've described is on two sides. The weird situation of church members you know hurting each other in you i'll just categorize it that way versus the other example where you, you know you experience church hurt from from you know leadership in a way not because yeah. they tried to but they did that and then it had a ripple effect in the congregation thanks for sharing yeah. that i want i want as many people to share because this is a great time to just discuss these things before we start discussing like the narratives the approach, how do we fix this? If there's a way to fix it, what does the word of God say? Replica put something in my ch- private chat DM. It's so nice that I want to see it, but he sent it as a direct message. So maybe you'll get to speak after everyone else has spoken because his own is a very, very, very unique situation. So see me, then more than praise and then replica if he wants to speak or if he gives me permission to speak. Okay. 
Can I go ahead now? Yeah, go ahead, Simi. Hello, everyone. Um, so I have a question first, and then I'll give my example. Sure. So my first, the question I have basically is about the example you gave about um training a pastor, and the pastor leaves and has his own church. Is that always a bad thing? I thought the goal was to train and so that they can, you know, like go out and save souls as well. Absolutely. So notice the clause, intentionally taking the members of the church. So I think maybe explain the details. So imagine you, you've done this work, you've trained this person, and then the person almost like take, you know how the just <laughs> talked no. about like one third of the stars, how how the devil took one third of the angels, that kind of thing. So it's, it's, yes, the goal is multiplication in the gospel. But if there are people who have been faithful in a place and you, instead of you to do it the right way and say, talk to the pastor and say, oh, the Lord is leading me to something. I have to leave. Mm. Live in a very honorable way. Yeah. You go, and then you carry people. And the guys now think the main pastor that trained you is now left with like, what happened? That's where it's mm. right. That's hurt. The church pastor will be hurt. There's no, see, yeah. there's no that way you want to put it. The pastor is going to be hurt because he has invested a lot. And especially when you are taking his leaders, for example, and those leaders mm. did not even come to say, I've been in situations where I've had to tell the lead, the pastor of a church, Oh, I have a church and this is where I'm going. This is where I'm actually going. I have to leave this church. And I did it the right way. Noble ways. Go to the lead, the pastor of that church, explain the situation, and get his blessings, right? Um, but just make sure you're not doing it in a sabotaging way. Mm, definitely. That's real issue. Yeah, go ahead and mention what you're doing. Sure. My example, I would say it. it's not something that was necessarily directed at me. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I... I have this hurt, but I can't even say, oh, I have the right to feel hurt. So, um, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, so um, I joined this church that I'm currently at, like, before I started coming to CCI. I'm still at my old church, but, yeah, it's a dicey situation. Um, um, So the current church, I go there, and I felt hurt because I felt like I was a part of something. But then um, it just felt like it was hard to be a part of it. But because I, I, I've been going there for five years and at some point I was like, dang, like, I don't feel like I belong here. I felt mm-hmm. isolated. I felt like um, like people would have birthdays and things. And I'll be like, well, I thought I saw you <laughs> recently and I would always not get invited. Like I always felt mm-hmm. like I never invited to anything like I was never part of anything and I did try to put myself in so many activities and stuff and I always felt isolated so I feel like that was a mean Mm. yeah I think that that applies to the neglect oh I think you okay Yeah. yeah go ahead sorry so like I feel like I feel like I've to a certain extent grown from it but i feel like i still whenever i think about it i just feel like wow like i was not like they had the smiles on sundays and everything but it wasn't anything deeper than that mm-hmm. yeah so yeah um yeah that was i think that's a hurt that i've felt mm-hmm. um from church and i i don't hold anybody responsible or anything mm-hmm. i mean i just it just 
it just makes this kind of like, oh, like, I'm, am I likable? Like, mm-hmm. is the problem more than that? Or it's just the family or the church itself? So, yeah. And it's a hard question to answer. When people bring things like this, you know, like, I, I'm quick to say, what is the Lord telling you? Because at this point, it's hard. It's very hard to, because you love these people, you definitely do. And you are there and it kind of has become family. But then you're in a situation where you don't feel like you are recognized as being part of that family. And you can't point it to anyone and say, hey, you're not loving me. It just feels weird to do that, you know. So at that point, it's a case of, is my time here done? Is there a better family? Or oh, something What? Sorry, I said, oh, definitely. It's something that okay. I considered at some point. And I was trying to, like, leave the church. And then I I, I basically saw that, okay, like, um, other churches didn't really have, like, what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And uh, then until I, met, like, came to CCI. And it's definitely something I've been praying about. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm excited because when I came to CCI, it felt really different. Like, and I'm not someone to like change. I don't like changing places. I don't like changing churches. I don't like it. And so when I, when it was just like, how can I think of leaving my church? Like, that's not something I've ever thought of or anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just so glad. I'm like, um, I'm happy that I found CCI really, because mm-hmm. I've never really followed CCI. And it's always on Instagram. It's always like, I follow everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sorry, where did that were they loving you before and then it stopped or they had never really you have never really been their guy were, were you like their guy that- before and then it switched or you just you know just did their, this thing like i don't tell that i just hey, want to I, get on i understand like i feel like it was more of like surface love kind of like oh happy sunday welcome to church it's great to see you that kind of thing and it was ne- it never grew beyond that and I would go for life group. I would go for like services in between the week and everything. But I feel like, yeah, it's just something they had to like start working on now because we have a new pastor and I feel like it's working now. And I feel like yeah. that's one of the things that God has placed in my heart before I leave that mm-hmm. we need to foster community here because irrespective, it's still a church of God. And I don't want other people to experience what I experienced. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I like, I like that attitude. and. Thank you for sharing that because let me let me give you a, a shock as well. You might it's unlikely, but it's possible you go to you know you come to CCI and experience the same thing. And I'm saying I'm saying this because many times we think and we'll get there, we'll discuss it. Many times we think that it may be some, it may be weird coming from a CCI pastor, right? But <laughs> but many times we think that maybe changing environments might be the solution. Many times it is because you go to a place that is more established in the subject of love. Like they understand it's beyond surface. Um, but if you go to a congregation where that is not emphasized, you may not see that. Or you might even come and see a lot of the good stuff that you kind of lacked there. But then things that you were fed with in that previous location is missing. And we'll talk about how can you, first of all, acknowledge and observe those problems and how can you, by following godly principles, get those things fixed. It's p- very possible. And, you know, 
But don't worry, Simi. Just as long as you are led by the Spirit and you just continually go in as He leads you, you won't make any mistake, I promise. And I can just give PR for, for CCI. CCI, on that love walk, you know, I don't, I know that from the leadership, that's something we are um, trained in. We we emphasize that family, we emphasize that love. And I know there are many churches that do that as well, right? But remember, perfect love cast out fear. Don't have to worry about it. I think the main thing is build quality relationships in church. And I think you're already trying to do that. That's good. Replica, I want to add to that first. Yes, sir. Um me, I feel like okay, um I I I get I understand this and I see that. It, it gets to people when they are treated that way. But I'm, I'm always saying, have a backup. Your backup should be a militant heart. Have a militant heart. And this is, let me give an example with me and um, BMG, okay? I, I knew that um, I was always coming up on WhatsApp and I was seeing beautiful um, poster when it's people's birthday. And I will even just write a few lyrics and just post. All right. But 1st of October, I didn't see a poster for my own birthday. Yes. Okay. Then it was um, later, later, like in the night, the person that brought me to, that introduced me to um, BMG just went on the group while we're together and just a happy birthday replica. All right. But I have a militant heart, right? Mm. I cannot judge everybody on this group or you, Pastor Ernest, to be someone that don't care. Honestly, the times that I've not joined is because I was very busy. It has nothing to do with um, birthday self. Hmm. You understand? I, I know even think can. Yeah. Because the backup militant heart, I always want to join. I still always want to contribute. It has nothing to do. Anytime you don't see me, it's not because, ah, in the before for birthday. No. Mm-hmm. No. That, I don't pass that. So sometimes... There are situations you just have to develop that militant heart and say, I did here, I did here. What I'm, pro- I'm gaining from the fellowship is bigger than the happy birthday I'm looking for. Mm. You understand? Uh, and that they say, my inbox is full with happy birthday from different places. How many I won't collect? So, yeah. Replica, see, I am, I am broken and I'm sorry. Like, first of all, there's no excuse. So I know that's not the point, though. I feel I know, no, I'm just saying, no, I'm just yeah, telling yeah, you yeah. that that's something that I feel very responsible for because from the onset, I said we need to celebrate birthdays. And so we said everyone should fill out this link because if you fill out this link, we have a calendar we cannot forget. So I do, I, please tell me you filled it. I'm sure you did, right? There's. Yeah, I did. I did. Okay, so it is a mistake on our part. I will reach out to the team because what you just <laughs> described now, you have a militant heart, but others may not. And I've I've been in situations where, you know, after doing so much, for example, I'll be very honest with you. I had my birthday, um, some years back, and that time CCI was not really a big church like as it is now. And I'd worked hard. I've done a lot of things. Pastor knew me. You know, a lot of people knew me. And on my birthday, Pastor did not wish me happy birthday. The church did not wish me happy birthday. My team in church did not wish me happy birthday. You know, imagine how I felt. I felt like, am I a part of this ministry, you know? And so I felt it, you know? And what I did, because I wanted my heart to be right, was I actually messaged Pastor. I said, hi, Pastor, it's my birthday. 
today. I would love you to pray for me. And I'm, I'm, I did it from my heart because I just felt, wow. Like, because the day before, there was someone else's birthday that in my mind, I felt they've not been here long enough. You get what I mean? And so when I did that, if you see the way he was apologized, oh my God, he told me a lot of things. And he, he said that he had already planned to tell me happy birthday. He forgot all of that. And he still prayed for me. That helped, right? So it's this militant thing he's saying is so important. There's a lot of wisdom there where you don't hold anything against the person. I think we'll discuss that, that, that on one hand, Paul teaches us how to, um, to prevent hurting people. But on the other hand, it teaches us how to be ready to be hurt and how to prepare your heart for the hurt. So when you have both and you're strong on both, you have an amazing situation, right? So thanks for sharing that. And Replica, happy birthday. In fact, let's just, it's still very, it, it, it is last month, but we'll still put it. We'll I, I beg, I beg, I beg. No, I, I beg. I'll rap for you. <laughs> I beg. No oh, gosh. Did I send a message to you, though? Uh, no, sir. <laughs> okay. Good to know. I'll fix that soon. But thank you. Thank you for being a blessing to this platform. You've been amazing. You've been consistent. From the very first day you joined, it was, it's, been, it's been beautiful. Thank you so much. All right. This conversation is going in the right direction. I like it. I think we're also learning some of the things. Like some of you here might even be angry with me. Better tell me now. Let's settle it. Uh, let's just let's start fixing the church hut, BMG hut first before we talk about the global church. All right, Mo, do you want to speak? Yeah, thank you. So mine was actually it was not it was not long ago. Like so, I was in this church. I was seven years because I can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, so I was in this church, I was serving in my whole heart, yeah. And like, they wanted to make me a leader, but I didn't really trust what they would say, like if I evangelize and everything. So I said no. Then I decided to like serve more in another church. And when I went to church that day, I felt like everybody was treating me differently, like a betrayer and stuff like that, like they were secluding me. So I started feeling bad, like, ah, should I even keep coming to church again? Because it, it, it started making me feel like, my betrayer is it pride or something like that so it started making me feel weird and even for like some other examples like sometimes you might like there was something else that they did like you'll be in church but you don't you feel like they only reach out to you like when they need something or they want mm -hmm. to accomplish something but never really like they heart to heart in a way mm -hmm. so it started making me feel weird like do these people even care about me or am I just a seat filler so it started making me feel weird and there was one more like someone that I know she couldn't go to school because of like financial issues right so she told I don't I think she told one person and then people in the church are now gossiping about it. it's like ha, she can't go to school oh it's wow. finance so, so it started making started making her feel weird and not wanting to go there again so there's some different stories. At the end of the day, you just push it aside for some, for sometimes it might be too wedge and you won't want to like continue. <laughs> yeah. Ah, man, that thing that, that thing can be very painful. When 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 I hear a private matter in a public space, it's like how? And then it just makes me by the way, I used to be very, very open. Like when I say open, some of you know what I mean by open. Like we can be here after this, we'll have them um, after party, 
I will just, I'll tell you everything. I'll say, I ate this. I went to this place. And, and then I will not, one day, something I mentioned, you know, somehow someone else said it. I said, uh-uh. Hey, wow. So I started to be more careful, you know, and I think most of us have kind of got those, um, worn those armors. We didn't plan to have armor on, right? We wanted to be vulnerable. And you see, God, I've talked about vulnerability here. As much as I still try to be careful, I think there's wisdom in being careful about who you share what to, but you still need to have a level of vulnerability. Like you cannot do life if you're not able to open up about some of the deepest seated issues in your life to someone you can trust, that can pray for you, that can guide you. That's scripture. If you don't do it, you struggle, you know, but, but the thing is, it is painful. And that's a good sign that it might be the right thing. You know, when you are vulnerable, you know that ah, a part of my life is exposed. It, it does, it does something to you where now, like there's nothing they can do, they can throw at you. That would be too hard, right? Praise, I'd like you to speak. And I'll address this DMs thing. You people don't understand my relationship with my phone. A love-hate relationship. I only come to my phone when I need to do something. So if I miss messages, it is is a bad habit. You know that when the scripture says, um, lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets you. That sin that so easily besets is not checking my DMs. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's so bad. Uh, is 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 something I've been praying to God for help. And thank God I'm going to have a an amazing wife that reminds me. She's already doing that job. She's reminding me, you know, have you checked your DMs? I have not. I even have alarm now. Check all your messages. So it is well. We'll work on that. All right, please speak and then Ife. I think Ife is not driving now. All right. Okay, so I have a couple of experiences but I'll just share two. One happened when I was younger in my family church and one happened kind of recently but not really recently in my current church. So the first one went I was in teenage choir mm. and I mean, it's not what we, it was not all of us that were privileged. So we had people who would, they were, they were just twins, like they were Ebenezer and Eliezer, you know, their parents were not attending my family church. And so, you know, they would have to trek from where they stayed to church and they used to come so early. Church is always by seven. They, they, they are always around by, you know, to six, six thirty, and they, they were still very, very far, and so these were the kind of sacrifices we would make for in order for for in since church to run smoothly. They'll come, we'll clean, we'd now do rehearsals again, and even doing rehearsals, they'll always show up. But they didn't have so much, right? They didn't have so much, and we would make from the little that we we, we had, would make contributions to buy equipment because the church just neglected us. Main church would just neglect us and not buy equipment for us. There was a time we bought mics and the main church came and said it was their mics. There was a time the church eventually remembered us and bought us new drums and keyboard. The main church came and carried it. The main church choir came and carried our keyboards and uh, drums and gave us old ones. And it was really sad because, I mean, all of these things add to the church experience and the whole, you know, um, the music, the, the singing, it makes it, more it gives it more quality when you are when you are using good equipment and so it was it was just really hard and it was really annoying 
these two always had like they have struggles paying their school fees. And I saw so much, you know, so much selflessness. They're always coming very early, you know, they're always present. They didn't have so much, but they're putting in so much. But nobody, not even the teachers, ever said, okay, who is what how are you guys? How are you guys? How are you guys? How are you guys coping in, in school? How are you guys? What's going on with you? And nobody cared. There was no there was no structure in place to even, you know, check on. There were a lot of teenagers who were going through a lot, who were going through a lot. Me with my small 15 now, 100 now, sometimes I'll just buy snacks and give to them too and probably just pay their transport once in a while. But I felt really bad. I felt really hurt. It was one of the reasons why I was so angry. I said, I'm never going to join the choir main church if I ever go to main church. So I felt really, really, really sad. But I thank God that, you know, they still continued in their... You know, so and this was just this is these are they're just the examples. There were there were a lot lot of other you know examples, and it was really it was really sad to see. They've always given us troubles. I mean, we're we're working so hard, we're serving, putting our all, but they're always giving us troubles. It made things difficult. It made it made evangelism even difficult. You need to bring people, and then people you know just not be interested again, and everybody will just leave at some point. And so it was just really sad. So that's just the first example. The second example is. I was coming out from a phase, like I was coming out from a particular phase of my life and I needed to, I needed community, I needed to be loved, I needed to to grow, like grow in a community of believers, like grow in terms of like bonding. I just needed that and you know, I prayed to God for, I had options in terms of like local church where, where he would want me to be in and grow in and he led me right through different ways he led me and eventually led me to my current church but I mean I got there and everything was just so hard my story is like semi story everything was just so hard the first time everybody was vibing smiling ah welcome to church new first time I welcome to church okay second Sunday a couple of smiles then third Sunday someone that smiled with you the first Sunday or the second Sunday you want to greet the person giving you attitude sorry you and it was just really sad because I, I, started, I started struggling because at that point I needed, I needed community. Yeah, I know what they say, you know, join the join fellowship, join map meeting, kiniko, kiniko. But I felt like it was, you didn't, you didn't need to go. I, I, don't, I felt like it's still possible not to still go that, to that extent before you feel like you are part of something. And even though I know that that is important and that helps a lot. So I felt really sad. I was struggling. I mean, there was so much intentionality. Yes, I was able to penetrate, but there was so much intention, intentionality involved. There was so much struggle involved. And at some point, I actually wanted to give I wanted to leave the church. I wanted to leave my current church. I know someone who even left. Um, but then, and I realized that, okay, this thing that was going on was not just me. A lot of people were talking about it, that particular branch. And I said, you know what? Let me just start by being the person that will make people comfortable when they come. And so I started something, I would just, after service, randomly just go from place to place and greet people, have conversations, ask them their name. If I see them the next Sunday or the next Wednesday, I'll call them by their names. If if I get your number, I'll check up on you. And so this was my own way of like, you know, contributing. I made up my mind, I'm going to, this is how I'm going to like, one of the ways I'm going to contribute to my, local church i know that this is lacking as at now for now and at, at this at this point in time i know that eventually and obviously i was also praying i know eventually they'll grow and will become better but to just 
you know, stop people from leaving. Because I know I, I know people that left. They, they couldn't deal with the fact that there was, it was just, there was just so much walls that had been built up. There was just so much barriers. You couldn't penetrate. And it's not everybody that can be intentional about joining this and joining that in order to penetrate the community. So yeah, that that was that's like one of my most recent, you know, church hurt ex- experience in my current uh, yeah. church. Yeah. Like ah, you know, there's a lot to say with what you just said. Um, especially the fact that what you described that you did biblically, that is spiritual maturity. That is exactly the definition of spiritual maturity, where you take the initiative. That's what makes the difference between a leader and the average person. Where you see a need and you strive to meet that need. Where you see a gap. And instead of being the one who is complaining and grinding and you know trying to speak ill of your assembly, you say, how can I fix this thing that I observe? That is maturity. And um, I really hope that by God's grace, every one of us will, will recognize it. Like your love walk is the greatest metric of spiritual maturity. It's not, it's not tongues. It's not healing the sick. It's not casting out devils. It is love. It is love. So the moment you start to fill in those gaps, guess what? People will remember you. And they will love the church because of you. And guess what? The church leaders will not even know it's you. <laughs> They'll just say, ah, God is blessing our ministry. And you see, those are the kind of things God rewards in heaven. That I wish we'll get to talk about that later in the series. But that's so good that you shared. And 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 I and I just want to say I'm sorry for whatever you experienced for on their behalf, whoever they are. You know, it's it's still hurt. It's still hurt. You just like replica and simi and everyone has shared so far you must have that resilience to say okay this has happened how can i make sure it doesn't happen here or where i'm going to if maybe in your situation you've had to move to a new location now if you see love is abiding and abounding there glory to god what else can you be a blessing in how can you serve um what what is lacking like paul would always say I came to perfect what is lacking in your faith, right? So if I do want to share, and after if I'll just like share some conclusive conclusive thoughts um, for today's session. If I over to you, yeah, thank you, P. Hey guys, um, so my own experience is kind of fresh. This was just last year, um, and P. Fun fact: the church I was attending at the time, because obviously we didn't have CCI here at that time. You were just at that church a few weeks ago, and we talked about it. Mm. so um i will say this when i was going to the church at the time again because cci was not established i knew i was going to be going there on a temporary basis but for the sake of you know maintaining your spiritual work i was like i just need to find a church where i can still be fed spiritually so to speak um i would say looking back in hindsight even even so even when i was attending the church i knew that there were some things that the church did that i was like uh i don't know if that's actually like biblical or proper but at the time i think in my mind because i was like you know i'm not going to be a fire i just wanted to you know help out best i could maybe serve a bit and then when my actual church comes i'll just move so but in hindsight now i see that a lot of things that the church was doing was probably not right but anyway there was one particular service where 
um, the head pastor at the time, I think we were having like a, you know what they call like spontaneous worship. Like, you know, when the spirit takes over and the service doesn't, it just flows. You're just having worship at the time. So um, I'll just say the pastor was getting, at least he was getting words of knowledge and was, you know, telling people that, you know, God said this about you, you know, act accordingly and so on and so forth. Um, then he pointed to me and then he said some things which at first I was like, it, it, it really threw me off, like very much threw me off. And it really hurt me deep down. I think maybe looking back, what I could have done better is I could have gone to meet him, you know, like, you know, sir, there were some things you said during service, I believe was a word that God gave you on my behalf, you know, things like that. But I, I was personally hurt by it, but I didn't tell anybody. I don't think I told anybody till like a week afterwards. And then, you know, when... Someone tells you, I don't know if you guys have experienced this or you're like me, when someone tells you something like a criticism and then you dwell on it for such a long time, you're trying to say like, ah, is this thing true? Is this really like, is this actually evident in how I live and so on and so forth? And with me, especially when it comes from a pastor, I take those things very seriously. I take those things very, very seriously. So I prayed, I asked people that, that have known me for a long time and they're like, no, if that's not you, that the pastor was wrong in that area. And then over time, God showed me that, yeah, that's, that's not who you are at all. So, um, yeah, eventually I healed from it. Um, I, I won't say I had a grudge against the pastor. I just, at the time I was hurt, but I, you know, God just showed me that, yeah, that's not me. That's, that's not my character that he was off there. So, and then eventually I left the church. And um, apart from P, I, I know other people who have said that they've gone to the church and they're like, yeah, there's something off about the church, about the pastor and about everything. So um, I think his heart was in the right place. It's just that the way he came off was just, you know, and pastors make mistakes. P will tell you this more than anyone. Pastors are human. They make mistakes. So they as much deserve grace as much as the rest of us. Um, I guess what I'll just say is that, you know, God healed me from it. I've recovered from it. And also just an advice to anybody. Sometimes a lot of churches can just be misunderstanding that could be clarified if you went to go and see your pastor afterwards. So I'm I'm not saying all cases, but it's just something to think about. So, but yeah, that was my experience with church hurt. Hearing that, and I think it's such a good place to at least leave you guys with one tool um, in navigating church hurt. Because guess what, everyone will experience some kind of church hurt if it's not. Someone backstabbing, someone's going to gossip your story. If it's not gossip, someone's going to say some hurtful words, whether intentionally or not intentionally. Some people will just maybe frown. I've seen situations where someone, you know, it was very tired. Maybe they had menstrual pain. And instead of saying, welcome to service, you know, they, they, they frowned at the person that was coming. And the person is like, this is a bad church. It's weird things I've heard. You know, but you can't know, you can't tell. And so you always have to follow scriptures. If you followed, here's the thesis. If you follow what the scriptures teach about our love walk, we would see tremendous reduction in how much hurt happens in church. Like, and you can see some of these things just by thinking. If, for example, the Bible says love believes the best in others. If you had that mindset, that everyone believes, like, ev I can believe the best about this person. I can give them the benefit of the doubt. If this is how everyone was thinking, there'll be very few situations of church hurt. That's one example. 
if you see others as better than yourself, Philippians chapter two, and you think of them more highly than yourself, it will it will solve a lot of problems. Pride will be missing, right? Um, sacrifice would be the natural order of, of things. Oh, I can give my chair up for you. Or I, I can take you on, I can pick you up and take you to church. Like sacrifice, just imagine a church full of love. And this is why of all the things that should be taught in a church, one of the key things that if you get this right, you have had a huge success on so many fronts is love. You know, lately that has just been something that God has been bringing in many ways to my heart. Every time I've had to teach or share somewhere, that's just what the Lord will bring to my heart. Sometimes on my own, I'm just thinking, it's like, how can I be more loving to people? You know, that's how we all, all need to think. That's the direction we all want to take. All right. Um, And I think just because we're already r- rounding up today, one of the things um I would add, and then we'll just allow Mercy to speak. I know she raised her hand up, so I'll let you speak. But one of the things you can do, especially when the grief is um something someone did to you, right? The Bible tells us that if you have grievance with someone, just like if I said, approach the person. It might not be comfortable, but that is the godly way. It's to go to the person and say, hey, do you have a moment? I actually feel... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, no, I think Daylight Savings got me. Yeah, you came at the end. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Daylight Savings, um, Victoria. Oh. Oh, yeah, well, welcome. Welcome, you guys. You didn't, you missed a lot, actually. But we're talking about, just to wrap up here, and you can always go back to the YouTube uh, recording. It was really fun. We're talking about church hurt. Um, The theme is Dear Church, Letters from a Grieving or a Hurting Christian. Or just addressing all the things that cause church hurt and how to navigate those things. And I'm giving one advice. I first thing I advised is we want to always walk in love, meaning people will hurt you. Prepare for the hurt. Be ready always to forgive. But we're not just going to let this pervade in our experience in church, right? So we have to stop it. And guess what? Not only are we the ones receiving church hurt. Many of you here want to act innocent, but you have inflicted church hurts to someone. You just, you maybe know, or you don't know. Like Replica's story, he told me in the chat privately. I, he said, I have the rights to read it. So let me just quickly share that with you. And then, uh, and then I think that would be, that would be good for you to see where I'm going with this. So he is trying to navigate this problem because he thinks he has inflicted church hurt on someone. And it's a difficult situation because he's trying to reconcile, but it's it's been five years and it's still beefing him. So what's the story? So a guy left church because he was bitter because of what happened in this story. So Replica saw a babe that he liked, went straight to toast her. She agreed and he went to meet the pastor because that's the way it works in his church. You go to the pastor, you say, this is my intention. Uh, this is who I, I want to marry and all of that. So next thing, they announced that they were joining marriage class. The brother, this other brother in, in her department that was always, you know, escorting her to go with her to, to her house was now angry. He started to para. That's the, the pitching way of saying it. So that's how this guy 
was not interested in being involved in the wedding. After the wedding, the guy left the branch. He said he cannot see his woman being the wife to another person. <laughs> and then, so he, so Replica was asking around and everyone, including his wife, said that the guy, you know, never told her ever about his feelings for her. So he's not like, uh-uh. I didn't know that I've caused this amount of church hurts by marrying somebody that I actually love. And he was trying to, you know, restore the relationship with this person. It is so sad. It feels so bad. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. But yeah, I've summarized the story. If, if Replica gets to share it next week, come next week, we'll hear more stories. But I think the point here is um, he's trying to find an answer to the question. Like, what do I do? And Here's the sad thing. There are some things that you only have. The limit is, is not you. You can do the best you can. But after you've done the best you can, is to rest and trust God. That's really the truth. There are some people that will be hurt regardless of what you do. And you must learn to live with that. Continue your life. Move on. People will not like you. Like me, as nice as I am, people don't like me. Believe it or not, there are some people that don't like me. I cannot do anything about it. What I can do is remain faithful to the work God has called me to do, love people, and be and be kind to this person. When I get the opportunity to be, I'll be kind, just like he's the brother, a brother in Christ. There's nothing like you'll find a beautiful wife, you married her. This guy did not ever tell you that, hey, hey, broke code. There was nothing like that. So please enjoy your wife for five years. God bless you. You know, and let him. And the other side of the story is this other guy is not married yet, so I don't know if he's that is waiting for something to happen. There's nothing that's going to happen. He's going to stay single unless he's ready to move on. And you cannot help somebody to move on. They, it's a decision they have to make. So, what can you do in your power when you are hurt by someone? Number one, approach the person. No matter how hard, no matter how difficult, no matter how um, you know, complexities approach. That's the biblical in- instruction. Go to the person that you have grievance with, communicate the grievance. All right. Once you've communicated the grievance, if it is not resolved there, the Bible says you escalate it. You have to understand the f- biblical formula. You take that grievance to the, the um to a to an elder, to a leader, bring a third party into that situation. If that doesn't work, Guess the next order. Bring it in front of the church. And that's how the church was in those days. Like, I beg this guy has not forgiven me. Put him on the stage. Let everybody see that he's he's living a life of unforgiveness. (laughs) That's how savage the word of God is. Like, treat them. And at a point, if they don't try to restore the relationship with you, he says, treat them like an outsider. Like, just if they don't want to to, to forgive or move on from it, you know, there's nothing you can do. So you have to understand the biblical order of that. But then having said that, you want to be very careful to not be the source of church hurt. All right. Sometimes it's inevitable. You do things, you don't know you did them and they're hurt. But don't try as much as in your power to not be that person. If someone says they've wronged, you've wronged them, ask humbly, tell me what I did. I'm so sorry. How can I make it better? How can I restore our relationship? Because guess what? Many things that are discussed tend to be easy to move on from. If you don't discuss it, you are just in your mind thinking, what are they thinking? What is the other person thinking? And it's just 
conflicted and confusing, right? So very important, talk about it. So I'm giving you an open door. If there's anything I've done, this is the church of Christ. We're going to stand and give accounts, right? If you have any grievance concerning me, please come and reach out. Tell me, Pastor Enya, this is what you did. And, and also, someone may be wondering, how do I do this to a pastor? Just do it with wisdom. If it's something that that person did against you, if there's another pastor at his level or higher than him, reach out to that person so that there is that level of accountability if you feel you can't reach the person directly. Um, but make use of the ability, the privilege of communication to resolve that tension, all right? Don't hold situations for too long. Don't make it difficult. All right, so Mercy, let me let, let you speak. Um, I will continue next week, by the way. Thank you. Can you hear? Sorry, can yeah. you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, I joined late too. Um, but I hopefully no one has already like asked this. But you mentioned like one um, what am I, what am I saying? Oh, usually just said, but like one way to in approaching churches, I guess it's like oh, talk to the person, right? So for me, it's like, I mean, I would even say like oh, it was is it churches? I was just I wanted to like. How did I phrase my question? Sorry, I need to. Actually, I've thought about this before I unmuted. But um, anyways, I wanted to like go to some to another church fellowship somewhere else because where I was, that love that you mentioned, I was not feeling that love. So when I um, and there was no fellowship. Like if I feel like I mean me and my pair go, to, we went to the same church. So it was like I just felt like okay, it's like this. There's this thing like oh, Messi has Messi having, and it's the same similar to my pair where it's like oh, Messi will be a leader. I mean, I even served as an usher. But it's like, I didn't, I feel like if I became a leader, it would get to a point where it's like, oh, all the demands would probably like be too much for me, that type of thing. So I, I went to talk to the pastor because the funny thing is I actually started attending like another fellowship I met while I was doing my master's on campus. I started going with them. I was an usher. No one said anything to me. No one reached out. No one even knew I, I dropped from the face of the earth. No one said anything. So I was like, okay, they probably didn't care, but let me still just go talk to him and say, oh, so I'm leaving the church just to like talk. But in that meeting, <laughs> wow he asked i was just like oh sir the reason i want to leave is because um i just want fellowship i want like okay even just accountability with other things just as a christian it's like yes okay messi you've been in the church for so long yes there's things i know but we're not an island right like god we have the body of christ for a reason so when i went he, he said something like oh do you know what pride is like and then it was making me think i was just like oh is it pride am i being prideful is that why like oh and there was this whole thing like oh if i leave here oh like um there's a grace on this church. Like, I mean, if I go somewhere else, like, and then I start thinking, because you know how, like, oh, a lot of churches in the US, um, um, well, let me say a lot, at least some of the churches, let me rephrase, it's like they don't um some of the churches I've seen, the gifts of the spirit and all, all that stuff, like oh, healing and speaking in tongues, all of these churches don't really some of them won't say it's wrong, but you don't see them, it's not being practiced, I guess, in the churches, some churches I've seen. So I was just uh, honestly the thing just made me I was just like oh god if I live here now maybe your grace on my life like I'm a particular of this grace in this church so I mean I guess I, I won't say it was even church because God sees my heart like no one did anything to me I literally just wanted fellowship it's like it felt like I mean me and Modupe make up the youth in the church no actually that's an exaggeration but it's like it was very a lot of people had left gotten better jobs like you get so it's just I just in that scenario I guess question would be I did try to talk to the pastor because I mean, like I, I really didn't because I left, nobody said anything when I stopped attending. They don't know if something happened to me, nothing. They just said, oh, I wonder I even mentioned it to him. I was like, oh, 
I just I just treated in there like, oh, I was I didn't I wasn't here for a month. Like, what happened? He said, Oh, if we didn't see you for like two months ahead, then I'll now message you. I was like, I'll go for a bit. <laughs> what if it, during those two months? <laughs> something has happened. <laughs> so, like I said, that's what I was like, oh, I had to start thinking, is it pride that, that is making me do this? But I was like, I was really there was this internal battle because I've attended this church for like six years now. And this is the church where I started, like I learned speaking like not like I learned more about the gifts of the spirit, like speaking in tongues and healing and all that stuff. So I was like, I really in my head, it was like in my head, what was that? What did I say? I mean, in my head, it's like I felt like I owed a lot to this church in a way, like this loyalty, like, oh, I'll stay no matter how many people leave. And he would even talk about it on Sundays too, like, oh, um, a lot of people believe, but make make sure you are loyal, this type of thing. I'm like, yes, I will just be like loyal, stay, because I'm I mean, I'm hearing the word of God, but then stuff like that, and I was just like, ah. Cause it's like going through this uh, stuff and it's just like, oh yeah, Christian, you should know this. Like I just speak in tongues now, you know, like a couple hours, everything will be fine. So I don't know. What, what would you say in that type of scenario? Yes, sorry, I'll stop talking. I know it's supposed to end. Um, <laughs> But what would you say in that type of situation where I did try to talk to the pastor? But yeah, sorry, if, hopefully this all made sense. Cause I feel like it yeah, was- Yeah, it does. It yeah. does. See, uh, two things. Number one, they'll be all right. Yeah, that's the truth. Like if you move from a place and- um you know, you decide that's what you want to do because you're not being fed the way you want to be fed or experiencing the love that you really need to feel. Um, I feel it's fine. The church will grow. God's work will continue. And many times we think we are too important to work. If we leave, it will go on. That's, that's number one. Number two, part of that felt like blackmail. I don't know if it was just me. But when when someone says, I'm leaving, Two things I will ask is, number one, let me know why. And number two, how can I pray for you and be a blessing to you in where the next stage of your life? Because guess what? That point, you, are, you still belong to my, you're like part of the flock. And I have a responsibility to take care of you. So I want to know that where you are going, you are going to hear the word of God. You are going to, for example, if someone is in my church now, and they know Spanish, and we don't have Spanish, and they are struggling to understand. and. They say you have to go to another church. Why? Oh, we don't have Spanish here. Okay, we don't have Spanish here. Very soon we'll work on that. But I think you be- better benefit from going to a place where they speak your language because you will grow better there, right? And for the for early part of my life, I used to go to a Yoruba church, you know, and that was a struggle for me, even though I could understand a lot of that. But so that's a legitimate reason. There are many reasons that people leave churches, but um, sometimes you might even benefit from leaving a church if there is an unreconcilable, it sounds weird, but there sometimes there are some irreconcilable differences. Like that guy that left now, um, Replicas Church or that particular branch, it was for the good of his own soul. Maybe every day he sees this person and he cannot worship, he cannot concentrate. Or maybe someone has done something to you in that church um, be it molestation or just some some kind of thing that will affect you when you see them. Wisdom is leave that place because that just hampers your own personal worship. So there are, there are situations like that. But in any situation where you made a decision to move on and they are trying their best to tell you things like, these are there's manipulative things I'm hearing in that. Like, oh, there's a grace upon this church. Are you saying the church of God is not global? Are you saying that I can't go somewhere else and, and, and see the grace of God? Or in fact, some churches will tell you something bad will happen to you if you leave this church, that there's a covering. I've seen, I've heard things. 
And when you start hearing blackmail like that, that's not the spirit of God. That is someone who is trying to keep up the numbers for his own pride. I might be wrong, but that's what it sounds like to me. So um, in situations like that, where you've spoken to the pastor, and in this situation, you said, I, I, this is why I need to leave. Um, that's it. You've done your part. As long as you know you're going to a place where you're being fed and you're growing in, in, in Jesus and you're growing in the word, that's what matters. That's what counts. That's what will count for eternity. It's not loyalty to a local assembly that God wants to mark as the record in heaven. It is your faithfulness to his work. And if your being in a particular assembly is not allowing you to be faithful to his work, that's a problem. Hope that makes sense. And hope you see the balance there. All right. All right. Yeah. The, see, that's manipulation. Mercy, please. If someone is saying, oh, people left and this is what happened to their lives, their lives went downhill. Is God the God of um, of destruction? Like, if I leave a particular church, was my success linked to that? And I, I know some churches that try to teach that, but there's no way in the scriptures, please. As long as you're not leaving Christ and you're moving from one location to another. What if you were traveling? That means you, you go, let's say you were traveling for school or for work. That means you've lost the grace now, Abby, or what? And your life will turn upside down. I beg. Well, we're done for today. Let's be very watchful. People, I know and you may have a good heart. Maybe it just wants you to be around more, but I don't like that, that the feeling of that at all. I told my family member that she's lost for traveling. Not lost, lots. So you know where lots left Abraham? Yeah. <laughs> he's lost. And his life went downhill. Ah. I'm so sorry. This is unfortunate. I'm so sorry to whoever they told this to. This is sad. It's not true, please. Let me just affirm the word of God. When you take the Old Testament and use it like this, this that is manipulation. That is craftiness. That is old wives' fables. Oh, this is a scripture. Please stay away from that. I'm so sorry. The word of God does not promote that kind of logic. All right, let's round up today. We've spent extra time. All right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for this introduction. Thank you for helping us to see an aspect of church experience that can be um, refined and, and um, worked on. Thank you, Lord, for enlightening us to this. And Lord, by your spirit and by your grace, we will navigate our relationships the God way, the, the Christian way. And Lord, we'll do it all for your glory and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Hey there. So we've come to the end of this teaching session and we hope it was for you a teaching and an enlightening moment. We have so many other topics on our podcast that range from spiritual gifts to charisma to interpreting the Bible world and so many others. If you'd like to listen to any one of them, just look through our podcast catalog and find the topic that you'd love to learn. If you'd like to join us Sunday live on MixLR or on Zoom, all you need to do is go to our website, which is bit.ly forward slash bmglive4. That's the number four. Or you can look in the description and you will find the link to the website there. We hope you have a blessed week and continue to grow and progress with joy in your faith.